Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. You're locked into the Legion Outrider podcast here from the Hive of Scum and Villainy in Las Vegas, Nevada. Power Nine Games, John, Josh, and Matt. What's going on, guys? Hey. I'm I'm back. Yay! (laughs) We got all of us back together in the same room for the first time. That's true. Like, first time in three weeks. We're all actually here together. Josh is uh, back from his. Uh, Yeah, I'll say this. I'd have been, I'd have much rather been where you were the a couple weeks ago than where I was last week because <laughs> was it that fun? Oh, it was a <laughs> school board meeting, bro. I oh. mean, yeah, five hours of so the third elected ring officials. Of yes, yeah. so it, it wasn't Disney World, Disney Star oh, Wars. God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, if you wanted to replicate the experience, you could have just like had a people stand against the wall and just formed a line. You just stayed there for like an hour and a half. And there you go. Happiest place on earth. <laughs> well, luckily for you, it's almost like FFG knew that you weren't going to be there. So they decided to not drop the big news <laughs> right? until right after we recorded the show. So yeah. <laughs> for those of you guys who downloaded our show last week and, uh, you know, Friday morning and also noticed that we weren't talking about the big, you know, pressing news of the day. Right. Because we recorded Thursday night, and oh. they dropped the news first thing Friday morning. I like FFG for the next five minutes. So <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay, let's get everything we can in on the FFG. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a lot of really good things to go over today. We're going to talk about the, uh, the big news drop that they had last week, the slightly smaller news drop they had this week. And, uh, yeah... I mean, we got Boba Fett. Like, yeah. that's, that's basically all it boils down to. We got we got rules for Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, we also have some news that they ain't talking about that we're gonna talk about. But that's kind of kind of big about the future of uh, FFG products too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely get into that too. But I mean, first thing, of course, I'm sure that everyone's waiting to hear is the you know the masked mercenary who's uh, causing all kinds of havoc. And I'm not talking about Mark Andre Fleury for once. Deadpool. Not Deadpool. Oh. No. I'm going to see that tonight. Oh, oh it's all right. It'll yeah, 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 just tonight. tonight. Yeah. But uh, there's also other Star Wars news oh, lurking okay. about in the weeds. Yeah. Well, let's, all right, let's postpone our, I'm just jamming at the bit to go I know, talk right? about yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we got for Star Wars news right now, Matt? Not much. <laughs> no. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, uh, Solo is just uh, about a week away from coming out. Uh, very exciting there. Yep. Uh, some good news out of uh, we we talked a couple weeks ago how they were going to be premiering or previewing it, well screening it at the Cannes Film Festival, yeah. and apparently they had quite a reception. There was uh, uh, reports of four minutes of standing ovation for the uh, cast and crew wow. that showed up, including the director. So there's actually some video out on there. So not just a PR thing, but uh, apparently people appreciated it. So that's really cool for them. Um, they also announced that uh, we know Star Wars Celebration 2019. They're skipping this year, so going to 19. Going to be in Chicago April 11th through 15th. Uh, tickets go on sale, I think, early June. I'm going to be trying to get my tickets because I want to go. Nice. Yeah. Outriders Remote? Hey, I'm hey. out for it. Well, now it's close yeah. to my neck we'll, of the woods. We'll, we'll yeah, be right? the guys uh, trying to play Legion in a corner while everybody else is like getting autographs with Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, other than that, uh, 
Also, uh, some interesting news. This hit my radar last week, but uh, I think it's pretty much official now. Asmodee North America is looking for buyers. Wow. Yeah. So what is the relationship between Asmodee North America and Fantasy Flight? So my understanding is all it was ostensibly they're a partnership, but Asmodee handles all the distribution and things like that. They pretty much let Fantasy Flight alone. But when you're talking about companies shopping around with, like, Hasbro is the big one that mm-hmm. have been talked about. Uh, I, I guess Lego is in the mix as well, which would be really interesting. But, I mean, just looking at Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, there's definitely some changes that can happen from having a larger uh, parent company. It, it, this concerns me. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not I, even absolutely. I'm not, not going to. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been burned and screwed over enough by EA and a couple of other game companies that go and suck up smaller studios, and then five years later they don't exist, uh, regardless of what the track record of that company is. So to see that uh, Asmodee, who is just really kind of finding their footing with, with Fantasy Flight and getting things moving in, in a really good direction, um, to see that they're up for sale now and that you, you, know, you may have a big conglomerate that doesn't care about gamers, you know, Asmodee, for sure. they're a game company, mm-hmm. right? Even for as big as they are, that's their that's their thing, games. Yeah. yeah. Hasbro's a game company in name only because they're this giant conglomerate that doesn't, you know, they're line items on a, on a spreadsheet, not, you know, things that you actually care about. Yeah. And, and the more you get separated from the people with the passion to the people who just care about shareholder prices, um, you, you see there's a definite difference yeah. in the quality of product, customer service, things like that. Well, money hasn't changed hands yet, so hopefully the sky isn't quite falling yet. But sure. Yeah. Just def- definitely something to keep in mind and or keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, and it's something that people definitely need to know. Sure. You know, people need to know what's going on with the companies that make these games. So. For sure. And, and, you know, with, with tabletop gaming, miniature gaming in general, there's – you know, certain profitability issues that a lot of other larger companies that aren't as involved with gaming probably wouldn't appreciate. And I think you saw that a little bit with GW when they had their last CEO who was more of a numbers guy, not a gamers guy. And I think since they, they switched you know, about two years ago, I think it's, it's swung back a little bit in that direction. Yeah. So their profits have actually gone up, but it also has increased in the actual relationship they have with their customer. But, but, I mean, let's be honest, you know, tabletop gaming is an extreme niche market. Exactly. And yeah. any time that extreme niche markets get bought up by these large corporations, you know, whenever it comes time to start losing properties that maybe not be profitable or are profitable, but you need to <laughs> cut staff somewhere, yeah. it's always the extreme niche markets that go first. It's, um, uh, at least it's not Disney, though. Much as I love Disney, yeah, their their uh, port of call, their modus operandi, I guess, would be you know buy the studio and then cease production on whatever they're doing and start over fresh. So, well, I feel like one thing that may kind of keep us, you know, in particular as being Star Wars fans, you know, keep us kind of safe is the fact that it is a Star Wars brand. You know, this isn't some you know small rune wars if i was a rune wars fan i might be a little bit concerned <laughs> because sure. let's face it outside you know if you were uh, you know trying to impress the board of directors with the new rune wars expansion people are like what star wars you may have a better opportunity to you know to cross over into uh larger markets yeah so. but anyways that that's pretty much it for the news hopefully uh 
next week everybody will get to go see Solo and it'll be smashing and everybody will love it. Oh, I'm, I'm, you guys better, you know, keep the spoilers away. You want to go see it uh, Thursday night next I week? I can't. I'm flying. Oh, to, that's I'm, right. I'm You're flying leaving. up to Calgary. Yeah, so I won't be here I next knew Thursday. that. I just I, wanted to act like I... I'm <laughs> going to ruin the movie for you, but I'm pretty sure Han ends up with the Falcon by the end what? of it. What? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it for you. They actually but... spoiled that, apparently. There was a little VR thing they did on People Magazine. Uh, our friends over at Radio Free Tattooing were talking about this, where they actually show the scene with... Uh, Han and uh, Lando playing for the Falcons. So. Oh, really? really? Yeah. That's Pablo, cool. Pablo Hidalgo, who is the head of the Lucasfilm Story Group, um, did a tour of the interior of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. This just came out today. But um, there's a part in, like, uh, Lando's bedroom mm-hmm. where he has all of his, his, his treasures, right, mm. and trophies. And one of them's a pod racer. No. <laughs> one of them's a model of the Falcon. Nice. The third one all the way on the bottom is a model of Cloud City. Really? Wow. Really? Hmm. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. So. He had designs uh, on. Uh, yeah. It was a Tabana oh. gas mining. Yeah, I, was, I, wonder, I wonder if he had you know, any kind of connection to the, you know, to the city before he ever. And then he's got a silhouette of Lobot on the side of the, <laughs> of the wall there. Uh, so, either way, I, I'm, I'm going to you know, be very excited to see the movie when I can, but, you know. Keep the spoilers to yourselves. Yes, please do. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Boba Fett. Boba, Boba Fett? Fett. <laughs> Where? <laughs> so this week, or this uh, past Friday, in case you, you know, were living under a rock or something, Boba Fett and the Scout Troopers were released. Now, before we get into the specifics about the unit. Not released, but at least. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Announced. Yeah. Yeah. Announced, yes, yes. Yeah. So we speculated, you know, a few of our previous episodes about what would be the Imperial counterpart. We all said that Scout Troopers. Scout Troopers, of course. Because that's the logical that's the logical counterpart. Yeah, that, they're, yeah. They're mining all of the three original movies. So, you know, you're not getting Death Troopers yet because they're not done releasing units from the original movies, yeah. right? You're not getting Krennic. You're not getting uh, anything Callus or Tarkin. Well, maybe Tarkin, but... Because um, he's in he's in four, but you know you're not getting any of those guys that aren't in episodes four, five, and six yet. Yeah. It, that's specifically where they're focused right now. So yeah. so hopefully that means we're reaching the end of the list of stuff and we can start going into some of the other properties to mm-hmm. start. Well, I, I think they're they're done with the obvious choices. Yeah. Um, I mean that you may see them you know start throwing new out new wave like announced Jabba sail barge. It could be. No. <laughs> I mean maybe not th- that actual vehicle, but you might see like some of the, the little skiffs and stuff. And you know what? If you're announcing a scum faction, no. Jabba's pirates is not a bad, not a bad thing. I mean, oh no, no, to start with, sure, yeah, 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 to start with. I mean, because there's probably 800 points of dudes on that sail barge. Yeah, you know, sure. and, you know, some swoop riders and maybe uh, a rancor. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and then and then oh, Weequay pri- pirate, Weequay pirates. <sighs> Um, Deveronians, yeah, yeah Deveronians yeah. assembled dudes that are just you know. And I think that's dudes. still maybe at least a year or two away, though. Probably, but if you're going to do oh, I'm a sure scum that's exactly what faction do. expansion, Jabba's Jabba's palace is the place to start. Yeah. Okay, but before we get too far, you know, into speculating on the future, let's let's look at what we have tangible right now. So why can't you just be happy with what we've yeah, got, right? Josh? Oh, 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 I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh I'm happy. So, Always looking to the future, you are. <laughs> so with the, the Boba Fett release, 
I think one of the biggest surprises was we saw a a new slot. So, Boom! Here we are, like three months into the release, and we've got an entirely new slot already. Yep. So we got the operative slot. Yeah. So it's not a commander, but it's not a you know it, it's not a, a special forces thing. It's actually a character that is runs solo and can still have command cards. The interesting thing about that is, from everything that I've seen up until now, the rules state you can have two operative slots in your army. So, obviously, they have plans for more of these. Yeah, which, uh, which Boba is, Fett and Django. You know, the father-son <laughs> combo that everybody's been waiting for. Yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That's exactly what I... Man, I can't wait. Yeah. So, with Boba Fett, you see that he actually has three command cards with him. Now, Two of them are not quite visible. You see one has one pip, and then the other one's on face down. But there's actually a two-pip card called the ZX Flame Projector, which is a... Flamethrower. Flamethrower, yeah. <laughs> yes. So it says that uh, you can only issue the order to Boba Fett, and it says during Boba Fett's uh, activation, he gains the following weapons, which is a range one, blast, spray, red die, attack dice. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> a red die flamethrower on a unit that surges to crits. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of focused hate right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that that drastically changes how if you run, you know, if you run a two commander list and you include Boba Fett, now you've got you know a crazy amount of selection for your command cards. And, and let's not forget Boba Fett comes with Arsenal too. So, you know, he has two other weapons there that he can that he can run. Yep. You know, so he can spray you with the flamethrower and then hit you with one of two black die attacks also, which does not suck. No, not at all. Watch out for those wrist rockets. Right? So, yeah, in other words, you know, just kind of going into his specifics that he has for uh, his weapons. So he's got the wrist rocket, which is range one to two, two black die, and it's impact one. So it gives you a decent amount of anti-vehicle option. Uh, You've got his, his E3 carbine, which is... Better than the Stormtrooper one. It's got uh, range one to three, two black die, and pierce one. And then if you got him in close combat, he's not too shabby. You know, two red dice. So uh, that's, that's, you know, that's nothing to shrug your shoulders at. Yeah. And then where I think where he really kind of makes his, his points worth it is the number of, of skills that he has on his Oof. card. They, and his yeah. mobility. His mobility yeah. is insane. Well, um, yeah. Moves jump, two. A, jump two moves at a speed three. There is literally no place on the battlefield with most terrain that we've seen to this point that he can't get to. Yeah. You know, you can jump him up onto something height two, and <laughs> he's up there. That's a foot off the, the it table. It is, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, that's huge. That's big. Yeah. That's so huge. He's moving pretty much at will anywhere he wants to go. Range three, like you said, jump two. Um, his arsenal, like you mentioned, that mm-hmm. gives him the ability to you know fire multiple weapons, but we're seeing so many new things with this card. Now there's only just the new yep. slot, the uh, bounty skill you exactly, were gushing yep. about earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, not necessarily gushing about, gushing. but just gushing. I'm yeah. so happy about bounties. <laughs> I can't wait to put a bounty on someone. No, I know you uh, can't. <laughs> uh, no, it's just it's it's interesting because of the wording on on the on the ability. Yeah. You know, because it says. After setup, put a victory token on an enemy commander, and then if you kill that commander, you get the victory point. What's interesting about that is in Fantasy Flight games past, you on a card always refers to 
that character. Yeah. And it, so yeah, it says specifically move that token to you. So to you. It would sit mm-hmm. on Boba Fett. It would sit card. on Boba Fett. Yeah. So well if Boba Fett dies, eh. does he keep the bounty? Do you still get that victory point at the end of the game? You know, there's a lot of no, there's a lot of mechanics in there yeah. and a lot of flex in there on how this is actually going to play. Yeah. But this what this isn't is, you know, put a victory token on Luke Skywalker, and then if your DLT stormtroopers kill Luke Skywalker, you get a victory point. Yeah. You know, this, you were talking about this opens up so many play styles. Mm-hmm. You know, this encourages you to go after other commanders with your, your, your operative units, which is awesome. You know, because we've seen, yeah, okay, Luke Skywalker's kind of a, a, a Jedi hunter, and Darth Vader goes after characters, but that's situational with the game. If, if yeah. Luke has a chance to go in and start mowing down troopers, because sure. Darth Vader's all the way across the board, he's not trucking across the board to go get Vader at the expense of those troopers. Boba Fett's best utility comes in with killing enemy commanders. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome to see that. And he's got other things that you know assist in that. I mean, he's got... Well, first of all, he crits for Bo... Or he... Uh, he surges for both a right. critical hit, which is great if you're, you know, firing <laughs> firing at enemy commanders. He's got the uh, the block for his uh, defensive surge, so that's yeah. always great. And then he comes with an upgrade called Hunter. Mm-hmm. And for six points, it allows you to uh, basically, when attacking a wounded trooper unit, which is, has been every commander we've seen so far, yep. uh, during the roll, roll attack dice step, you may gain one aim token. So he gets a free aim when he's attacking somebody wounded. Right, and here's the interesting thing about that because of the way that works in the the timing of attacks. Mm -hmm. Because you're getting it during that phase, you can then use it on that attack. Yeah. Which, you know, I've seen a lot of people are saying like, oh, with Arsenal I can attack this guy and then get a aim token and use it when I shoot these other people who are across the board or whatever. Doesn't need to work that way. You know, you can use the same token to re-roll dice on that attack, which is awesome. Sure, yeah, you know? that, that's yeah, one great way to use it. As long as you fulfill the requirements, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he has a lot of flexibility to, to make him even more powerful in trying to assassinate a commander, which, I mean, let's face it, that's Boba Fett. He's a bounty hunter. That's what he's supposed to do. Sure. Uh, one of the interesting things is we do, linked down in the article, you can see the one pip command card, um, which is the whipcord launcher. Uh, and the art for this is Boba Fett when he's got Luke Skywalker on the sail barge all, oh, yeah, yeah. all constrained after he shot the little... When little... we learned the whipcord was a thing. Exactly. <laughs> Um, he whips it. He whips it good. Real good. Real good, yeah. <laughs> so the, the card reads, Boba Fett can perform moves while engaged with a unit that has one or more immobilized tokens. Now, that's a new token that we haven't seen that comes with this uh, That comes with this uh, expansion. It's okay. like a we red ion yeah. kind of looking one. It looks like an ion token, but I'm guessing because it's immobilized, it means whatever unit that's on can't move. Which you get a you know you play Son of Skywalker, I play my Whipcord Launcher, I just won the roll, and now you can't go anywhere. Oops, right. sorry. DL forty four much? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, but it also hands out uh, two suppression. Well, so during Boba Fett during Boba Fett's activation, he gains a free action. Choose an enemy trooper unit at range one and in line of sight. It gains two immobilized tokens and two suppression tokens. So basically what you can do is if you're engaged, say you're in base-to-base with Luke from a previous turn. Mm -hmm. Win the roll, whipcord launcher him, 
free action. He now has suppression tokens. You can move away and then attack him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... And he's suppressed with two immobilized tokens or with uh, two suppression tokens on top of that. So now you're in a situation where if one of that atta- if that attack hits, now he has three suppression tokens and he is now limited to one action. So now wow. he can't, if you back away from him and attack and, and push a push I'll a need you through. to write all that down for I know, me right? in a step-by-step checklist. <laughs> it's, there it, will be a tutorial. Don't it's worry. Definitely, it's definitely situational. It but, is. Sure it is. But in those but situations, yeah, awesome. it could be a very great tool. Yeah. It's an anti-melee, get me out of here kind of thing. Um, what do you think about his five health? Low. Yeah. But. Necessary. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he got, he got dumped down the Sarlacc. You know, he's not exactly known for being real tanky. Um, Low, but when you think about going and attacking commanders, they all have pierce, right? And with the um, invulnerable, invulnerable is it called? Uh, Impervious. Impervious. With the impervious, you know, uh, he's going to be going up against things that are trying, that, that, that have pierce. So for him to be able to have a chance to negate that and roll over that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, so he gets, he gets a little bit more, he, he gets more armor, more ability to live against things that are commander units. Doesn't help them against that Z6 rotary. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's low, but what does Veers have? Six? You know, um, Leia, Leia has five, I think. Leia's I'm not, five, yeah. I'm not sure. So it's not necessarily out of line. I mean, Luke has six. So five health isn't necessarily nope. out of line with what the other folks have. And he's also um, throwing red dice. He's throwing red and dice. And he's surging for, he's for surging block. Surging for block. So, I mean, so essentially, he's you know he's got Space Marine saves. He's rolling a, you know, sure. three up to save. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a Space Marine. Um, no, he's playing tanky. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fine. And like you said, with with impervious combined, he's definitely got the the defensive. I'm I'm really cloud. happy that they have a halfway thing for piercing instead of just either you're you're taking full penalties of pierce or you're completely immune to it. Mm-hmm. I love this special rule, and I really hope that they do that instead of just having the on off switch. I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of his price point? 140 to start. He's 140 base. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you want to throw on some of the extras, like Hunter we mentioned, that's our uh, six points. It's it's a big cost. It I is. mean, 140 points is uh, three lightly, you know, three extra trooper upgraded stormtrooper squads. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not insignificant, yep. you know. He's not cheap. But what you get out of him, I think, is going to be yeah. really good. You should be able to keep him fairly protected, I think, too, to protect your investment. It just being able to jump from cover to cover and with impervious and then surging for all that stuff. You should be able to limit the amount of incoming fire he's taking. If you're just running him out there and exposing him like I do with Vader, then you know, <laughs> he's probably going to get shot off the table. But Well, and he's certainly not – I would say he's, his role is to not be the you know center point of your army. You know? Sure. He's, he's the guy working on the fringes and just taking, you know, opportunistic shots off at people and trying to close in on his prey. Exactly. And, and I feel like that's probably a, a good counterpoint to Han because yeah. Han kind of has that same role, too, when you look at it. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, you know, 
we were speculating on who's going to be the Imperial counterpart for Han. Well, I think this is a good you know, a good fit. Yeah. And, and the one thing that we don't know about this is, does his morale, does he still get the morale bubble? Yeah, he's not a commander, but seeing Boba Fett bounding across the battlefield, Ooh, you know, yeah, pot-shotting commanders would be pretty inspiring to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have to go check the rules. See you know, so, exactly. And they yeah. haven't announced that yet. They haven't said whether operatives, if, if trooper units within, you know, and maybe it's a, a smaller bubble. Maybe it's range two. Yeah. You know, or even range one. But does he have the ability to inspire uh, trooper units a- around him? My guess would be no. Yeah, I think that, I would think that no, specifically probably says two. it's a commander ability. Yeah. So since he's not that, but I mean, having the the three in there means he's going to be fully functional a lot longer. Now, what are your thoughts on the model? I like it. You like it? Yeah, it looks very dynamic. I, yeah, I, I dig it. It is. You know? It is a dynamic dynamic pose. Um, I don't. Like the clear base stem attachment, to me, and this is just a personal thing, but uh-huh. I don't like having any kind of like suspension device to try to. You know, I, I think it's just kind of. But he's flying, dog. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his backpack's got jets. I would almost. <laughs> I would almost rather like pin him to the base with like just his toe. So it looks like he's. I just. I, I'm not. A Ain't huge nothing fan stopping you from doing that. I, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I might do with it, but. Well, I mean, and I or you've got an extra Luke figure. You could probably like have him stepping on his head as he comes down. <laughs> That's not bad. Fantastic. <laughs> I also assure you that FFG didn't go and design a single unit base with a flying stick for just one person. Our troopers confirmed. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's you know some some kind of jump pack troopers or something like that are probably not oh, that I'm, far. I'm sure they're you in know works. especially hang glider Ewoks. Oh boy! <laughs> and glider Ewoks called her right now. Go get my coffee. Do you, do you, do you smell <laughs> deep, rich Ewokian calf? It's yeah, calf. Ewokian calf. Go get my calf. Sorry, <laughs> that's the right word. Ewokian. I don't know. We're going with it. Okay, Boba Fett. Awesome. We're, we're excited. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely giving it a thumbs up. Yeah. It, I've been kind of slacking on my interest in Imperial stuff lately. I, I haven't even picked up Veers or Snowtroopers because I also have not played a game with the Imperials yet. Um, but I'm gonna pick up Boba Fett. Before we move on to the other awesome things, so who's the next? Who's the who's the Rebel operative gonna be? Chewie. You think so? It's gotta be Chewie or Lando. Yeah, yeah, I think Lando might be good, but Chewie, be cool. Chewie or Lando, I, I can definitely see that, especially with with Solo being fresh on everyone's you know minds. I feel like one of those two. We still don't see. We still haven't seen an Imperial Third Commander, and I'm, I'm sure we're gonna get it, Thrawn. right? Huh? Thrawn? <laughs> See, I don't think Are we, don't are think we Thrawn, circling back? But, but, you know, <laughs> no, we already decided that wasn't going to be it. If Chewie's coming out, if they're going to announce another unit of Rebels to go with him, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing the game doesn't have, it, one is what we mentioned earlier, jump infantry, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We also don't have an exclusive melee unit yet, which is kind of a hallmark of kind of games like this, yeah. right? We don't have our, our Terminators analog from 40K. Um so you mean regular Terminators or Assault, or assault Terminators? Terminators yeah. Sorry, um, we don't have our Assault <laughs> Terminators analog yet. Our, our melee heavy hitters for Rebels. It's obvious. Uh, I I think the natural choice is is Wookies. Yeah. Right. You know something's going to get in close and rip you apart. That was my, one of my early speculations for for the Imperials. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be uh, Imperial Guard, Royal Guards. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the red that, red dudes. Yeah. I, I think yeah with whatever. the Force Pikes. 
Um, so, I mean, who's going to be the rebel or the imperial commander that goes with them? Palpatine. <sighs> I feel like that's got to be the obvious choice. Is three hundred and fifty points? Is, he, right? he might be, yeah. <laughs> is Palpatine getting involved in a skirmish level? Thing, well, though. there was as a leader of troops. What is it, I, I Kane Somos or something? There's like there's like a named guardsman that is what you look so angry right now, Josh. <laughs> I what did I say? I do not want to see anything from FFG source books or Imperial Assault when there's still plenty of good normal. Well, I mean, he original. had a long-standing. Well, okay, I, I may not be remembering the right guy, but I, I think know it's there Agent was... Blaze that you're talking about, who's the ISB agent in Imperial no, Assault. No, no, no. This was okay. a Imperial Guardsman. He was like Special Forces dude, and he had a long-running Dark Horse comics. Oh, Kirkanos. About... Yeah. Okay. There. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So somebody like that sure. would be. Yeah. I absolutely. Think okay. Yeah. No, you said somebody from I think I think Kane Somos. Oh was yeah. He's originally from Imperial like Age of guys. Rebellion, yeah, and then he yeah. got moved into. Uh, Forgive me. That's, that's why. <laughs> that's why you got the research. angry look for me because okay. I'm very not okay with FFG canon people but there's, being there's inserted folks into out the there game. That, uh, other than General Weiss. I think we, we still have plenty of other options to to get into before we start tapping into. You know other properties. Agent Callus. <laughs> oh man, give me, so cool. give me, give me, give me them mutton chops. Man. Yeah, yeah. Five point oh. upgrade. Yeah, I, I think he's naturally uh, the the next commander for the Imperials, just because a lot of what we see him doing in in the Rebels show is melee based with the with the um, Lasan bow staff. Yep. Um, so he would be a natural commander to work in with a with a melee with a melee unit. Because uh, the Empire doesn't have a melee commander already. <laughs> well, I, I think I think that may shift the game because as of the moment, we have Vader and Luke, and that's essentially it for right. melee. And to be honest with you, like I, as far as the games I've played lately since Veers has come around, there's not a lot of melee to, to be spoken of. Oh, and remember, it's a bow rifle, so it does shoot too. Oh yeah, yeah. So you, you got options. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll get back and look, take a look at the uh, the other unit that came out last week. Tune in every Wednesday to Radio Free Tatooine, a Star Wars podcast that's better than some and worse than others. Take a trip to a water cooler far, far away as we bring some casual, fun conversation into the Star Wars podcasting community. Hosted by me, Sean, my sister Amy, and John. Radio Free Tatooine. We may not know what we're talking about, but we sure know how to record it. For more, visit RadioFreeTattooing.com, a proud member of the Radio Free Tattooing Podcast Network. You're listening to the Legion Outriders Podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network, recorded on location at Power 9 Games. Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to Power9Games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. And we're back with Legion Outrider Podcast, John, Josh, and Matt. We just got done talking about Boba Fett, and now we're going to move on to the other unit that uh supposed to be coming out here got the, the news got released and that is the scout troopers so awesome so so awesome we all called this one um it seemed like naturally they would be the the imperial counterpart to the rebel commandos and from the looks of it they it seemed like they have a, a, a fairly similar function uh they're special forces they're not you know they're not troops 
Um, they have the dual role of running them as a, a, a full unit or a heavy heavy weapons team, I think that's what they're called. Um, so what are your thoughts on it so far, Josh? Love it. I, 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 I got to talk about you know fleet troopers when I, when I compare them to the, the, the scouts. Fleet troopers came out, and it's like range one to two, two white dice per mini. And I'm like, oh, two white dice? No. And then scout troopers come out, and it's range one to two, two black dice per right. mini. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the difference between your, your core and your elites, I guess. Right, yeah. So, hey, man, I'm all about that. Yeah, I mean, that's... Just, just on offense, I'm all about that. So they also get a defensive surge. Now they're throwing white dice, which is a first for any of the, mm-hmm. uh, the you know stormtrooper, snowtrooper guys. So that's you know that's not really a, the best thing, but yeah, you're still getting the surge for defense. It's not too bad. But you got low profile, you got scout, and you got star- a sharpshooter, which are the uh, three same skills that you saw with the the rebel commandos. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're almost identical to the rebel commandos in in every other. Uh, function that we know right now now we don't know you know how th- how does a sniper rifle work because there's a guy there with a sniper rifle um we don't know how their i think it's seismic charges is what they have uh, sonic charges sonic charges yeah. um we don't know what sonic charges do so we don't know obviously they're going to have the ability to emplace things that you can detonate as an action but we don't know how they're going to work yet so first blush yeah they're cool because they throw a lot of black dice and they have a sniper rifle. Yeah. Um, uh, past that, it can't really say much. They look cool. They look cool. They, do they look, look cool. really cool. cool. Yep. Um, I can't wait to get them on the table. I can't wait to see the amount of people that paint them up like the clone trooper scouts with the camo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we'll see a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of those I, I, I do like better than the, the standard can. I'm still probably going to paint them as the standard layout, but I, I, I do like the, the, pa- the camouflage pattern ones we've seen. Um, but I think that it's going to be cool because it's going to open up another way to, to play um, for the Imperials as opposed to being, you know, sit back and fire. You know, with the Snowtroopers, I think we're starting to see a lot of the equipment, you know, with impact grenades and the flamethrower, which is going to encourage you to kind of get them up in somebody's face. Yep. This is going to kind of inco- you know, encourage you to maybe sneak around with them mm-hmm. as opposed to running right up at somebody. Right, and you know they they do have the ability when you place it, you can do a speed one maneuver uh, once you once you place them on the board. Mm-hmm. So you know with the charges, if, depending on your objectives, you can you know place them right at the edge of the deployment area, do them a speed one, then the first turn do a speed two, drop a uh, you know drop a charge on an objective that basically it's an area denial thing. Um, the tactical flexibility that they bring in is, is going to be really cool. It is super cool. Yeah. Uh, what do they st- What do they start out? Sixty points. It looks like mine's really blurry. Uh, I think it said fifty two points. Fifty two. I think that's what it was. Well, but I mean, you're getting a lot for fifty two points or sixty, whichever it is. Or yeah, yeah whichever. Or, one regardless it is. of what it is, you're getting a lot for that. Yeah. That, that cost. Um, yeah, know, it might be sixty. Uh, maybe my resolution on my phone is just terrible. <laughs> Your old man eyes are failing you. I could be, too. As the youngest person here, it's probably a bad sign. Yeah, no, I've, I'm looking at the picture via Braille. So <laughs> but, It's going to be really interesting to see how lists get built. You know, once once this this push of everything that's been announced comes out, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to have a heavy, you know, just for Imperials, you're going to have Boba Fett, you're going to have Scout Troopers, you're going to have Snow Troopers, Storm Troopers, Bikes, Vader, Veers, and an ATST. 
And this is where the game is going to start to get really interesting because now that you have options available, right? Yeah, it and makes it's those not hard just choices. Like, it's not just a gimme, you know. Like right. yeah, we've got choices now. You you got Vader Reveres mm-hmm. or both. You know, you right. ATST or you got bikes, you know, or both, or you can run trooper heavy. Right. So I mean, there are options available, but once you start incorporating this, it's going to change the way you do your play styles as well. Right. Well, I mean, and, and right now it's you know the the and I'm going to air quote this the the meta that's kind of developed. Uh, in, in this early stages of the game, it's trooper spam. Yeah. yeah. Six core units, which for the rebels is six rebel troopers yep. <laughs> because there's nothing else out yet. Um, now we have snow troopers and, you know, you're seeing spam of, of a mix of stormtroopers and that. It generally with either an ATST or some number of bikes. Bikes. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay, well now you've got, so you've got trooper spam. So I've got six units of stormtroopers with, say, three bikes and then veers. Okay, well, now what do I start taking out of that yep. to get Boba Fett and a unit of scout troopers on the board? Why? Well, I mean, what, what do you take out of that? From the play right? scenarios we've seen so far, I, I don't think you want to take away troopers. I don't think you want to take away core units because those seem to be what's, you know, what's scoring objectives, what's winning games. Sure, but I mean, I mean Boba Fett's a trooper. Uh, Special forces are troopers also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you're not taking troopers out per se. You're just making them more specialized. Um, but, you know, how many – do you take two units of stormtroopers out and go a unit of stormtroopers, two units of snowtroopers, and a special forces unit? Do you go one unit of snowtroopers, two stormtroopers, and then scouts? Uh, you know, well, that's when you want to start looking at what you want your list to do. Right. During a game. List building yeah. is about to get really, really interesting with yeah. this game. Yeah. You can't just default it in there anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I think that, you know, with some of the trooper spam units that you're talking about, like, it could get even more exploited now because you could get, foreseeably, you know, six core units. And then you could also get, you know, two units of scout troopers. Sure. You know, maybe throw Veers and a. And a unit of yeah. bikes in there. And somewhere. A unit of bikes in there, yeah. and yeah, your gold. Here comes the ATRT flamethrower meta we talked about. So <laughs> right, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we haven't really seen the uh, that develop a whole lot yet. Although I will say with with the the snowtroopers, I think the flamethrower is kind of making a, its first real, you know, yeah, actually in this seeing game. some concerted tabletop time. So with uh, <laughs> we're talking about that. Yeah. Like, have you seen uh, a good you know a good amount of snowtroopers on the board since? Uh, they came out well yeah i mean well and a lot of that is the it's the new shiny yeah. right? oh yeah you know um new toys so everybody everybody wants to play with the new shiny i think we need to take you know take a month or two and we have no idea when these two units that they just announced last week are going to come out but if history is any precedence it's going to be a couple months at least yeah um so now at least as far as the imperials are concerned we have everything that we're going to get for a while mm-hmm. so you know, they just came out, what, two weeks ago? A week ago? Yeah. Something like that. Um, so give, give them some time. Let it, let it all kind of settle down. Uh, but I think in, a, in another two weeks or so, we're going to see kind of what the state of Imperials, at least going forward, is going to be. Just in time for Fleet Troopers to hit the board and shake it all up. Well, I mean, so, yeah, we're only a week, we're only oh, a week away from week that. Away yeah, from that. So, yeah, fleet, so, so. Um, you know, Leia and Fleet Troopers are just around the corner. So it'll be interesting to see how the Imperial contingent reacts to that. Ever in motion is the future. Yeah, oh, <laughs> shifting. <laughs> All right, so um, we got a little bit more news from FFG this week um, after that big you know, news release. We uh, saw the final or the, the first real printed version of the tournament rules. 
Yes. Correct? Finally. About time. <laughs> <laughs> We're very happy that it's here. Yes. We have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Many questions. Some, yeah, some great things in there, some things that I find a little Yeah, me and Josh were chatting out, uh, um, about it for a while before John showed up so today. what were the biggest surprises that you saw? Not a lot of surprises, actually. Uh, we just got done running uh, a few months ago, actually, now, the, the Destiny regionals here. And a lot of the FFG, you know, high points on how you run an event, you could have copy-pasted them. That's okay. fine. You know, how you have the marshals and the judges and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it, it's the business as usual. Uh, and do you feel like that's worked thus far? Yeah. No, it's 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 reasonable. Um, it's It's usually fairly clear. Uh, there was uh, what was the thing that you were saying was the that left it open? It was the bases, right? Right. Uh, they, and we identified this kind of early on, right? And this is something we've talked about before, and it's been a big thing uh, on some of the online forums and presences out there. But their wording isn't very clear on custom bases. You know, a lot of people are making clear bases, which is cool. You know, uh, I know, I know, John, you've got your feelings about clear bases terrible but the shapes <laughs> but the shapes of the bases are not the same as the shapes of the bases that come with the game yeah you know uh, the bases that come with the game i think they're 27 millimeters on the bottom and then at the top they're 25 so there's a two millimeter bevel you sure. know one millimeter on each side the clear bases are just flush sided Mm-hmm. So they're the same, they're, they're perfect cylinders, so they're the same at the top as they are at the bottom. When you start putting movement templates in there, every time you put it at the front and the back, that's a two millimeter difference. You know, one millimeter on each end of that movement template. So if you're moving a double move, you've moved four millimeters more across the table. Yeah. Um, the way that it's worded in there is it says it must be the same general shape and size as the... Okay, what's the same general shape? Like... Yeah, bases with the same general diameter and shape as a miniature's official base. So it's got to be the shape as well. Right. Well, I mean, what's the define the shape? Does it have to be? If I Does look at that base exactly? from the side, is it a trapezoid? Well, I mean, you know? you've got you've got some bases for GW that are oval shaped. Well, and if you were to yeah. put your ATST on an oval shaped base, obviously that wouldn't that wouldn't fly. Sure. No, that works. You know, but I guarantee you there's people who are going to go out there and they're going to talk to a TO and they're going to go, look, this clear base that is rect- that is a cylinder is the same general shape as the official one. And the TO is going to go, yeah, okay, you can use it. Yeah, but uh, they do put the power in the hands of the TO or the judges in this case. And they have the final determination on whether are you modeling for advantage here? Was Is this close enough, actually, that it's not going to interfere with the game? Because I know you had an experience, Josh, where uh, you and Sean played a game, and it did come down to millimeters. Yeah. I, mean, I don't see the big deal, but uh, then again, my experience is not the same as yours. And it, it, it's going to depend on where you're playing it at. Sure. You know? Oh, I, I wouldn't yeah. rock up to, a, like, a... Uh, uh, like Adepticon with these, and it's like I made these at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is this good? <laughs> but I mean, sorry, man, you spent hundreds of dollars to waste your time. But there's going to be people out there that do that, I'm and sure. I think, I think, uh, yeah, be smart. We, and we talked about this before. It's like, hey, I'm going to wait until the official tournament rules come out to see what the what the what the thing is. But you know, Alex Davies also come out with an email that said, hey, it's it's a hobby game. Do what you want, yeah. right? Okay, well now that's kind of some mixed messaging there. Um, so it, this actually comes up under the component modifications. There's the second bullet down there. It says, players cannot modify minis or use bases to significantly alter their size, height, or shape. 
Marshall is responsible for determining the legality of any miniature modifications. But what that does is now that puts every TO, you're going to get a different ruling. Well, I'm hoping people will see this and like, okay, I'm just not going to futz with it and try to do other than like exact replica. Like I know these are the exact same dimensions. They'll probably just play with the bases that come with it. From what I've seen in the last couple of days, looking at Reddit, Discord, um, you know, Facebook, uh, all of the Facebook groups that are out there, people are reading that exactly how they want to read it. Okay. Well, you know, following, because, so, because I've seen a bunch of people are going, yeah. oh, great, clear bases are legal. Okay, well, then second bullet, uh, the third bullet, excuse me, right below it, uh, players may modify or replace individual bases, but the modified or new base must work with official movement tools. So if it doesn't work by fitting in there snugly, I would say no. Yeah. Well, I think that, that is going to mostly apply to vehicles, like where you've got the yeah, actual... Yeah, you need to have yeah, your yeah, arcs yeah, yeah, yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but also, I mean, well, define must work with the tool. Well, if it fits the top, and that's what I put in, because when it's beveled, you don't, you can't see underneath the movement tool to see if the 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 base, the bottom of the base is flush sure, with the bottom of it. You pick it up and you know futz with it in your hand. But the movement right. tool isn't beveled. Yes, it is. Absolutely, the it movement is. tool is beveled. Yep, look on, at it on both sides. Yep, look at it. Okay, it sure is. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> so a flush sided. He's had lots of time to obsess over this. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, remember, I wasn't here last week. Yeah, I was, <laughs> this is I was, what he spent. I was in the beveling. I was, I was, yeah. I was at work, but I was actually, you know, looking at the movement tool. That's a five degree slope on that. It is. Yeah, actually, it's like it's like one point five, but that's oh, okay. okay. No, <laughs> I haven't measured. Imperceptible. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it most certainly is beveled, and again, it's the tos. You know, oh, that's the same. That works. It, it fits in there at the top, so it works. You know, I would have liked to have seen FFG come out with a more definitive stance, one way or the other, right? Um, and tell me, what's the same general shape? Define that, please, because you can get any number of people around a table and say, hey. This has to have the same general shape as this. And you'll get 12 people around a table, and you've got 12 different opinions as to what a general shape is. Uh, it would have been nice if they had said, for tournament play, only FFG products. Wouldn't uh, have hurt them. So actually, yeah. there was them. something in here under legal products. Uh, please keep, you know, I'll get you the exact uh, And there's something here. in there under modifications that yeah. says, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, under, um, under um, the... Uh, uh, the the fudge rules. What what I'm not getting. Oh, the margin of error. Margin of error. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Under margin of error, it says to minimize margin of error, official products should be used. Yes. But again, that's not a that that's not a, a definitive uh, directive answer, sure. right? I think they want to give you that room that you can be creative with your hobbying, though, and just not outright. Uh, disallowing you from participating in a major event because you got creative. Okay, but I mean, but when do they define for a major event what you can and can't use? Well, then that's you up know? to the judges. It's, I think what? that if you have something that's questionable, you contact somebody ahead of time, send some pictures. Sure. And like, hey, and, and here's how it meets up. And hopefully that. people will be that proactive, but you know there's going to be that one person that spends hundreds of dollars on custom bases and then spends... A, a couple thousand dollars going to Adepticon and shows up and they're like, dude, you can't play with that. Well, I think at least by putting in there that it's going to leave it to, you know, human judgment. Yeah, sure, it leaves some, you know, room for human error. 
But it's also going to have that element of subjectivity where if somebody obviously looks like they're trying to game the system, that they're trying to model for advantage, this can give them the the ability to have that judge say, no, sorry, dude, not happening. Well, I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's outright cheating. Okay? I I think that is playing for an advantage because you know, yeah, there's a margin of error, but you know every time you set that template down, you're going to move farther than I am. Yeah. Right? So, but but people who try and skirt the rules will never sit there and admit they're trying to skirt the rules. Okay. So I, I found the section I was looking for. It's under component modifications. During tournament play, each player is required to use the components included in official Star Wars Legion products. Boom. Fair enough, then. Um, Seagal Legal Project, page 6, subsection B. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm doing my taxes. Yeah. Uh, so there are some exceptions there. Mostly it's for, like, third-party tokens, stuff like that. I was really happy to say, see <laughs> right? that they were okay with that because I know I like using my acrylics, and most people do too. Um, but, yeah. I, I, it's just I find these answers vague and unconvincing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could have done because, I mean, there, there's multiple points that in that book that depending on what you want, you can find a ruling in there to support what you And that's why they leave want. it to whoever's, you know, marshalling or judging to come up with the final ruling. But, you know, if you're expecting to show up to a major event, I think you probably, hopefully, have thought this out already. Sure. Yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, the tournament structure was really interesting. Uh, they definitely have the breakdown of expected number of rounds. Uh, it is the two-hour time limit uh, for the regular Swiss play. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, it comes down basically to tiebreakers, though, uh, in the larger tournaments. It does, and... So eight players and under, two rounds. Uh, past that, it's three rounds. Mm-hmm. But we were doing the math, and uh, like for a standard event, at the end of three rounds, you'll have four undefeated. And it's cut to two, and it's only based off of strength of schedule. Yeah, if you do a cut and all that kind of stuff. I, strength of schedule on on its face alone has always been something that I found difficult to deal with yeah just because and 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 with anything there's things outside of your control that are going to affect where you place like like record players right but you know if it's a if it's a four round swiss cut and the first two people i play you know are both zero and two at the end of the second round and they both drop that tanks my strings of schedule. And, and that's a thing yeah. that I had nothing to do with. Well, maybe I did because I beat them. But <laughs> And you just rubbed in their face. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, stop playing this game. You're horrible. But, <laughs> but, but the people who drop are going to are going to basically ensure that I don't make the cut, especially when you're doing a cut to a top two. And uh, yeah, That's so, hard, man. Unfortunately, that's this, really this, hard. This is my call out to the community. Please, please play your games, especially at these, because the strength of schedule matters. I think this is definitely a sportsmanship thing. When I was playing Fantasy 8th Edition over in England, it was almost unheard of that you would drop out of a tournament because you could be unintentionally messing people's other standings up. 
uh, I would love to see that kind of attitude uh, make it into the Legion, and I think we could do that. You know, you may not be winning, but play for the love of the game at least. You know, play, play not to, to just better. completely. Yeah, play <laughs> yeah. to get, get better. better. Play to meet other right? people. Uh, there's plenty of reasons to keep playing instead of just, oh, well, I'm not in prizes, so I'm out. Is this something that you see a lot in other competitive games on tournament play? It can. Uh, especially with this format, it seems it's very magic-like in okay. uh, how you do, because you go to strength the schedule for tie breaks and all that kind of thing. Um, and people in magic events will drop, you know, if they're not winning, especially if it's been a long day. And that's sure. understandable. People right, get right, right, sick, right, right. you know, people have com- uh, commitments that they have to go. It, it's it's not uncommon in X-Wing to see, you know, for a major regional event where you're playing six rounds, 75 minutes per round, plus all of the administrivia time in between, it's not it's not unheard of to see people after round two, three, you lose maybe a total of anywhere from 10 to 15% of the players. Yeah. You know? it's, it's less important there, though, because you're using Here's your margin MOV, of victory. Right. Yeah. Strength of schedule doesn't matter at all. But, you know, if you have a, an event and... 10 to 15 percent of your people drop that's a lot of that's a lot of people strength the schedule that you're potentially impacting yeah, yeah. If first round um, you beat somebody and then that person goes on to beat two more players guess what your your strength of schedule is way better exactly you know but if you're taking automatic losses for all those rounds that you dropped you know i uh, well the guy I beat first round yeah it's a four round game and he's oh and four well there goes my strength of schedule he only played one game but i'm the one who ends up suffering because they didn't stick around I, I think there are ways that they could have tried to work MOV into it also as, a, as an also a factor. Yeah. Um, or, you know, victory points, victory points are a thing in this, in, in the tournament structure that I love and I hate because I love the fact that I can go and build my army a certain way, mm-hmm. undercost it, get a 25 point bid. And now because I'm the blue player, I have, some control over the battlefield because you're using the cards that I brought, not the cards yeah, that you really brought. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, yeah. I brought I brought cards specifically for my army. I don't know what you're running, John. You yeah. know, but hey, maybe these cards work for you. Maybe they really screw you over. I, I didn't see any stipulations in there if they're going to add them later. But like, can you play with all the moisture evaporator? Yeah, I was going to ask that? about that. Well, yeah, I mean, it just says you have to bring four cards. Okay, so you, you know, can pick the four cards you want, right. assuming they have you more build, expansions. You build your four cards Holy out cow, based off of right. So that's cool. That's awesome. This, but what that does yeah. when we start talking about strength of, strength of schedule and victory points is, you know, you the best way to say, hey, all three of us here at this table are three and zero. Oh, who who are the top two? Well, who had the most victory points? You can't you can't use that as a determining factor all when the scenarios are different, because yeah. all the scenarios are different. Well, what they so what they could have done, you know. On one hand, I love the the ability for the blue player to bring the cards, but on the other hand, what they could have done is say, okay, tournament organizer, here is. For the, for the regionals for 2018, here are the four scenarios that you're going to run for the four rounds. I feel like that kind of standardization probably would help a lot. It would. Because now what you can do at the end of the day, the three of us are undefeated. We're the only three undefeateds left. How many victory points do you have, Matt? Uh Two. Two. How many victory points you got, John? 17. And I've got 25. So I mean John 20. and I, we're, <laughs> we win. We make the cut, right? Yeah. So, eh... I, I could definitely see some, like, if some player-run organizations spring up, um, them going to a system like that. 
uh, instead of just straight win loss, you know that you know twenty nil system. I or, think you'll yeah. probably see something like the the Warhammer ITC uh, sure. spring up for Legion. Be great. I could, that, yeah. uh, I, could I could really see that because uh, there's just so much about those rules that 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 it's vague. Um, oh, fun tangent! We're going to be doing best coast pairing for all of the uh, events here for Legion, so people can right. track their results and see how horribly I'm doing in their events. <laughs> <laughs> how awesome John is at rolling black dice. Uh, uh, only so. the black dice, or the white dice, I'm terrible. I think that's everybody. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, overall for the document, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, and there's oh, some yeah. stuff in there that I think could have used a little bit more attention, considering as, the time you they expect took to work well, on it. It's still a one uh, But they don't have any. They don't have any experience under their belt with this this particular. They don't have us so. sitting there pre- proofreading all the documents. <laughs> and they're living documents, you know. Yeah. So you know they'll they'll dial it in. Um, I, I think they should have come down a little bit more definitively on the basis thing just because of the fact that you've got people now that have spent, you know, hundreds of dollars on what little army materials are available as far as troop options, mm-hmm. and they've based them all on clear bases. You know, it, well, it they really, deserve it. It, it would have really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I would really That's think uh, it would suck for them that, you know, this comes out yeah, months after they, release. Yeah. Half-cocked. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, that's what that was. You know, and... and I, like I we've told them for a long time. Yeah, we've warned we've them. Warned yeah, them. day one. Sure. Don't, don't but, until this comes out. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying. Hey, if it's generally the same shape and size, they should be oh, fine. Geez, yeah. Yeah. You know what the best part about those rules are, though? The best part about the tournament rules... It's got a scout trooper on the front of it. So it's, now it's pretty cool. we've got three rules documents. It's Vader, stormtroopers, and scout troopers. Suck it, terrorists! You know why it was a uh, scout trooper on the front, right? Because everything for the terrorists is no good. Because the paper it was printed on was made from a tree <laughs> used <laughs> to wrap a bike around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, fun fact: this uh, you can't really see it because it's in black and white. But this is actually Ezra Bridger's helmet that he used in the Rebel series. Yeah, he stole a scout biker helmet and was using that. So no, no. that's what that is. I thought they were a little different. The cadet helmets are a little bit more flared. Oh, no, he had the cadet helmet. Oh, too. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, good job, Ezra. Right on. <laughs> well, I think with that, we pretty much uh, bring this episode to an end here. You guys have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, so we're going to be starting out, uh, again, my YouTube channel, Frontier Gaming Channel. Uh, we're going to be streaming out here on Friday nights. We've got some games set up for tomorrow, so we're going to be playing some Legion. So All stay right. tuned for that. Twitch, uh, we're going to be on there, so I'll see if Josh can fire out a little email. I think John's going to be joining us for part of it, either playing or yeah. commentating. Yeah, or, I'll stop by. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah. John, you've got to uh, raise a family, so have fun with that. I mean, eventually I will. Yeah. Or Josh. <laughs> is it your kids this time or some other ones you've collected and taken off the street <laughs> you just called me John by the way oh did I yeah that's uh, okay it's I the mean... scum of hive and villainy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, if you want to go check out the social media stuff, where am I going, Josh? Uh, you are going to facebook.com slash Legion Outriders and then at Legion Outriders on Facebook. Or, I'm sorry, on Twitter. Um, I'm also on the Legion Discord as Outriders Josh. if you want to drop me a note and tell me oh, I should get on how much you hate my rants, which a lot of people were very vocal <laughs> about. You've been very pleasant yeah, this episode, I must I know, say. I know, I know, you know. It's refreshing. It's not going to happen often, but hey, yeah. I get heated about some stuff. And That's what happens when I'm not you know, in the room with him to just it's, hit the shot caller. It's because he, <laughs> he got Boba Fett. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. He got Boba yeah. Fett, yeah. and now he's That's happy. Cool. Yeah. That's All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by, and we'll check you out next week, Outriders.
All right, folks, that's our show for this week. Just want to remind you that the Legion Outrider podcast is brought to you by the Radio Free Tatooine Network, a podcast network that's better than some and worse than others. To see the full lineup of shows, head to RadioFreeTatooine.com. See you next week, Outriders. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network. For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.